0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Look around your space. Do you have a room that you've been dreading to decorate? Or maybe clutter that needs to be organized? These tasks that some of us might not love, well, they could be someone else's source of joy. Like Didi Dee Dee Cadet. Didi Dee Dee pivoted to interior design from a career fighting for racial justice in the nonprofit world. And we spoke with Dee earlier about why interior design is what brings her joy. It's part of our Black Joy series. Throughout all Black History Month, we are speaking with Black Chicagoans about what brings them joy and how this plays out in their day-to-day lives. And I started by asking Dee why interior design brings
1: her joy. I think it's always brought me joy from childhood. I just remember growing up, you know, always wanting to decorate my room. I think they had it on TV, the little like decorating of young kids' rooms. And so I would make my own little four pans. I was so excited when I finally got my own room as a kid. And I was like, oh, I'm going to paint, you know, I'm going to paint it green or I'm going to paint it blue and put like all different curtains. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been something that has always been, you know, I think in me as a child. Um, and now I'm just really excited to be doing it more often, um, to be helping my friends and other their friends just, you know, make their home reflect themselves yeah. and, that has always been for me making my home reflect my personality. Oh, yeah. There's something about making your space, mm-hmm. you know, reflect you and feel good and feel comfortable,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yep. How did you first develop the passion? Because I know you come from, as I mentioned, a, a background in nonprofit yeah. <laughs> and racial justice work. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that go from one to the other?
1: Yeah, I think it, you know, you might think that they're not related. I think interior design is very white-driven, very probably seen for rich people to have really expensive, beautiful homes. Uh, But actually, I think home building has always been a part of how I see racial justice work, Um, community building. And so... You know, I've loved hosting, bringing folks, bringing my friends into space, feeding them, making them feel safe, making them, you know, feel cozy. Mm-hmm. And that really translated to, oh, how can I make this space reflect those feelings that I want to bring people in? And that's also the work that I was doing in, in racial justice and education was just really ensuring that spaces like schools, um, classrooms, all made young people of color and black young black people also feel safe and feel mm-hmm. heard, and so I think those aspects really translate in those passions. And you know, racial justice work can get really difficult, and so moving into interior design was really fulfilling. Yeah, I think.
0: Like, so you're you're designing workspaces too, not just homes.
1: Yes. Right? So right now, I'm actually working on a project where I'm helping design an office, and that's cool. very different. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of color in homes, and and you can do a lot. And so moving into that workspace where you have a lot of different people with interests and, and style choices. Uh, that's been a challenge, but I'm excited for it. And so doing more office spaces um, is something that I'd like to do in the yeah. future. Too. So how would you describe your aesthetic for someone who hasn't mm-hmm. seen it? Oh, lots of color! (laughs) I love color. Uh, I love cozy, earthy. Really bringing in nature light. Uh, You know, we're in Chicago, so we don't have the sunlight all the time. That is true. (laughs) So definitely bringing in lots of lighting. Um, So yeah, I'm a hardcore maximalist too. But if you're not, that's okay. I will, you know, try to (laughs) meet you where you are too. (laughs) But personally, I'm I'm a big maximalist. Right, and explain that for those who aren't familiar like minimalist versus
0: maximalist?
1: Yeah. yeah. Minimalist is definitely, you know, less things, you know, Marie, Marie Kondo, like take away everything. and Very take, simple. Yeah. Very simple. Maximalist is kind of like you love all the things. Um, now it doesn't necessarily mean your house is cluttered, but I like maximalist is that you have your home filled with sentimental items, uh, curated items, items that reflect who you are. And I just have Many of those. <laughs> yeah. You also like to highlight local artists? Yes. Talk yes. about that. Yeah. So, um, a lot of the art in my home has been, uh, friends of mine. Um, so I have art from, you know, my dear friend's mother who does a lot of lino cut. I have, um, art from a friend that's d- based in Detroit. He does a lot of mural art. Um, I have art from, uh, Naima um who thomas who also is based in chicago um and so yeah i just love kind of going to a lot of different you know markets mm-hmm. um especially like black-led markets in chicago um with artists just like, showing chicago maximalist artists yeah, right exactly why is that a priority for you um yeah i mean i want my home to reflect me right so um so and also like i'm drawn to that type to that art right we have similar interests and so I want my home to reflect me and also I love propping up you know you can get a piece of art on Etsy or Target or any of those places yeah. but um, to one be supporting local and then to have you know an art piece that not everybody's gonna have and also you get to sometimes be jump be some of the first people to buy that art before they go big <laughs> so yeah I think That's there's true plenty of benefits to doing that and also just I mean it's more special yeah
0: Mm-hmm. So, of course, all of this, right? There's an aspect of helping others mm-hmm. included with what you're doing. How do you collaborate with people towards designing their space? Like, how does it work? I come to you and I'm like, all right, Dee, this corner mm-hmm. of this room is driving me insane. I think I want it to be an office. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I love color too, but I just I haven't had any inspiration lately. Like, how would you help me?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's mostly starts with a conversation. Um, and, you know, I think something that I learned was I'd let folks kind of dictate what they want. But then I realized a lot of folks don't know what they envision. And so I think from I realized that my skill is that I can help you um, kind of paint that picture mm, okay. of all the possibilities of what it could be. And so um, a lot of it has to do with conversation and visioning. So part of the process is creating a bit, a bit of a vision board mm-hmm. of, you know, you come to me with an idea and I um, create a, a vision of what it could look like. And then I do, f- it's a, a loop feedback session around, you know, what do you like? What do you not like? What's got to go? Um, what brands do not like? You know, what brands do not want to support, I think is also a big aspect too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so That's great. just having that sort of feedback and then multiple different steps. Um, you, plan. You're
0: right. A lot of us, we know that we want something to change, mm-hmm. but we're like, I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. So we do need a, yeah. a DD to yeah. <laughs> come in and, and help revive that space. So from my understanding, you've got this non-traditional method of
1: payment for your services.
0: It's kind of similar to bartering.
1: Yeah. So at the moment, I still do work in, in racial justice. And so, and I do still nonprofit fundraising. So at the moment, as I'm still, you know, building up my portfolio, I'm doing a barter. And a lot of that also comes from, you know, knowing that folks have different budgets. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of my community, like we're are also in nonprofit world, so we don't have big budgets, but I'm also pushing back against that of like, you don't have to have thousands of dollars to hire a designer. Um, and then also thinking that maybe I do have somebody in the future who can pay a full price and I can still take on clients that um, may not have the means to do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, right, right now it's just, it's bartering. I, I'll do a couple hours and then you can give, a Meal, you can a plant, <laughs> oh, whatever nice. you have, um, and then also um, just like a portion of uh, moving into the portion of the price of the budget. So. You know, I would have a percentage of however much you the to- total project costs and that would go towards services.
0: Yeah. I mean, and to your point earlier, the, the world of interior design, it's typically been white dominated. When we think of all those shows on mm-hmm. th- those TV networks that we all know what I'm talking yeah. about, <laughs> you know, they're very white. Mm-hmm. Usually um, access also has generally been restricted to wealthier folks right? Yeah. Um, who have the money to hire these mm-hmm. designers to come in. So talk more about what your experience is. Has been like just breaking into the field.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't think design, I mean, I come from a, a black immigrant household. And so <laughs> becoming a designer, doing anything creative was not <laughs> really put in, in front of me as an option. Um, I, no, no doctor? No yeah, lawyer? <laughs> my sister's a doctor. So it's like, fine. <laughs> oh, <now. okay. laughs> but for me, I was always doing that. Even nonprofit was pretty non traditional, right? It's not income, you know, wealth building per se. Um, but, but yeah, so going into that field, I, I didn't go to design school. I have a poli sci I'm a political science major. Mm-hmm. Um and so I really just started to seek online community. Uh, so I joined this online community called Spoke and they really, you know, had thousands of people across the country and actually internationally just to like connect with. Nice. um, Started using their platform. um, Also just like Instagram, following different folks um, and then just kind of making friends online uh, to talk with about, you know, their design journey and um, how they're, what they're doing and just kind of, yeah, because it's not a lot of people that are maybe doing it. Yeah, <laughs> so just connecting with a bunch of different folks. But yes, it's and even that space is is very white, and yeah. and that's also been hard. Um, so it's hard to find other designers of color, and and even designers of color locally in your space. Um, and so finding a mentor is also, you know, you think of all right. those pieces. Um, so it is challenging, but it's definitely something that I know um, that I want to create space for in my life. Um, Yeah. So it's definitely a bit of a challenge. And I love your motto.
0: Anybody, any budget.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. For Black History Month, we are highlighting Chicago stories of people whose passions and pursuits epitomize Black joy. We're talking now with Dee, Dee Cadet, who's an independent interior designer, who says that she finds joy in design and creativity. And She balances this passion with her professional life as a nonprofit fundraiser who's striving for racial justice. So, you know, during Black History, black History Month, um, You'll know this, Didi. We we often go through the same kind of overused narratives, right? They mm-hmm. always focus on the struggles
1: mm-hmm.
0: of, of Black America. Um, but with this series, though, we wanted to take a moment, take a pause from that, because we, we've got to focus on that a lot on mm-hmm. this show, too. As The things are still happening, right? Uh, but we wanted to shift the narrative. We wanted to focus on positivity for mm-hmm. this series.
1: So tell me, what is bringing you joy right now? Yeah, I love that question. And I love this space to talk about it um, right now. I think bringing me joy is just my community, and that means like my my friends, my family, um, like making joyful memories together, and, and really thinking about you know what brings us pleasure, what brings us joy, and doing those things together. I'm, I'm an auntie, you know, making time for my for my family, making time for my nibblings, um, and you know, spending one of my favorite things is just like laughing with black women. So just like getting together, we have a little book club that I'm in. That's like all black women, we read black books, books led by other black women together. Nice. And so that brings me a lot of joy when we're there and we're talking about stories and we're, you know, just like laughing together. Um, all those things bring me joy, travel, like exploring, continuously being creative, mm-hmm. just reminding me like that this life is worth living when, you know, <laughs> so much of this society is is going against that, and so, yeah. um, yeah, just thinking about the different ways in which I'm reminded of the joy in life and laughter, um, is is really what kind of motivates me moving forward. So,
0: you know, there's another question that uh, I'm asking folks this month for our series, and, and that is, what do you think is the most misunderstood part of the Black experience in mm-hmm. America?
1: Yeah, and I think I think the most misunderstood part. Is kind of related to the Black Joy piece, right? Is that we are right not this monolith of of pain um, and of struggle, and also that we have um, within us so much wisdom and so much knowledge from our ancestors. Um, even when I think about interior design, like it's not that I'm going into this field or this industry and learning only from white interior designers only from the history of white design right there is so much to be learned from my grandmother's house from my mother's house from my auntie's house of yeah. like how they design those spaces um, of how we have built home um created home from haiti to the to brooklyn to new jersey to chicago and so um there's just so much there that you know i think because of systems of violence that we um do not continue to share or like externally and internally and so i think that um one thing that yeah society doesn't know or, and actively works against is that we are have so much power within us yeah and there's so much power knowledge and wisdom and agency within us to create so much healing and joy in this world and yeah i think it's just like a constant reminder that i have to do of like no like we we have dignity we are <laughs> so much more this is way beyond us um yeah. and so yeah i just think that so much of the world is just in the media and all these things it's just given a terrible horrific narrative of mm-hmm. of our power and um it's a shame when folks other folks don't know but even more when we don't know mhm so well
0: let's go back to talking about you and, and this passion of yours in the midst of of that how do you cultivate your creativity.
1: Mm. Yeah that's something that I've realized I've had to do. I think I've in my life have always been doing it and then I kind of wasn't creating space for a while and I realized that like I really needed it in my life Um, and and I knew that it was also a part of like who I was and how I felt like I expressed myself best and so now I think with doing interior design um, that In just kind of working with clients and always knowing having goals that I want to work with, you know, you know, 12 projects this year, that is a goal of mine and I want to create space for that. Um, But also just doing other things that like are art focused, Um, going to going to play, seeing music. um, Now, do you have times that you
0: actively turn it off?
1: Um. Yeah, I love like silence and solo time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big introvert, okay. uh, but also like I need a lot of solo time. Um, time to just recharge, time out in nature, um, just time in silence. Um, that also, right, definitely tempers me down because if I'm overly stressed, yeah, there's got to be some balance. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're still doing that day job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. I think the hardest part is if my day job gets too busy and then I don't have space to enjoy it. It's like it's the hardest thing. And so um, making sure that I have plenty of boundaries in place so that I can still do what I love and build this for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, making sure I'm I'm rested, making sure I'm creating time with loved ones. Right. All of that gives me the energy to also Put into my creativity. Absolutely, you said my favorite B word: boundaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so what's next for you? You just talked about your goal of twelve projects. Yeah. this year. Is there anyone that you know of that's lined up so far that's particularly exciting that you can maybe share with us? Yeah,
1: I have a few lined up, and I'm just trying to, you know, um, place them in order so that I am able to achieve them all and of complete course. them all. Yeah. Um, but I think one that I'm excited about is. Um, someone just reached out about, um, well, the office I'm, I'm very excited about cause that's incredibly new for me. Nice. Um, haven't done something like that before. And, um, another person, yeah, most of the times it's living rooms people want to do, but I do have like a basement entertainment room that has a lot of different spatial issues. <laughs> so okay. I think um, that one I'm pretty excited about. Because, ready to roll up your sleeves and, yeah. and get it
0: done. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
1: So where can people go to learn more or just contact
0: you if they want to work together?
1: Yeah, um, I am on Instagram at ddcadet Cadet. That is at D-E-D-E-C-A-D-E-T. And I have a Google form that you can, you know, share with me what you're interested in, what you're looking for, your design style. And then we just pretty much take it from there. So, yeah.
0: That's great. Well, that was independent interior designer Didi Cadet. Thank you so much.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.